Today, we want to give a special message to the mothers, but also it doesn't rule out the fathers, it doesn't rule out the teens, it doesn't rule out the singles, uh, it doesn't rule anybody out really because all of us are going to have to take part in what I'm going to encourage, what I'm going to motivate, what I'm going to exhort, what, I, what I'm going to challenge the mothers today. Everyone's going to have to take part. Now, the topic we see here, we're still doing a series on Faith Without Works is Dead, uh, but it's a special Mother's Day uh, message, and you see the title, Mothers Should Have Faith for Answered Prayer. Mothers Should Have Faith for Answered Prayer. Now, why should mothers have faith for answered prayer? Or why should, uh, you know, really anybody should have faith for answered prayer? That's why I said we're talking to mothers but, of course, it goes for everyone. Why should mothers have faith for answer prayer? I'm going to give you five reasons. Now, there are more, but I'm going to give you five today. The first thing, what did God do in the Old Testament? So he did so many things. I want to take one of those things and use it as one of the reasons why mothers should pray and expect answers to their prayer because I believe that and I know that God answers prayer. So let's turn to 1 Samuel and we'll, uh, chapter 25 and we'll find out one of the reasons why I believe mothers should expect answers to their prayers. <coughs> now this is a, a situation now, we are speaking, we don't know whether Abigail was a mother or not, but what we do know is that she stood in the gap. She stood in the gap for her household. What is intercessory prayer? Standing in the gap. Jesus is ever interceding on our behalf, the word says. He's standing in the gap. And he said that Peter, you know, Satan wished to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. He stands in the gap. Moses stood in the gap between God and the people of Israel, and he interceded for them. So, we're talking about standing in the gap. Let's look at verse 1. Then Samuel died, and all Israel gathered together to mourn him and buried him in the, at the house of Ramah. And David rose and went down to the wilderness of Padam. Now, let's uh, look here because it's telling us about a situation that happened here where he was protecting the goods of the sheep of this person, Nabal. Verse 2. Now there was a man in Macon whose business was in Carmel, and the man was very rich. He was very rich. He was not just rich. He was very rich. And he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And it came about while he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the man's name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. And the woman 
was intelligent and beautiful and in appearance. She was intelligent, right? I believe that women are intelligent. Yeah. But the man <laughs> was harsh and evil in his dealings. And he was a Kelbite. Now, David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing the sheep. So David sent ten young men, and David said to the young men, Go to Karma, visit Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus shall you say, Long, have a long life, peace be with you, and peace be to your house, and peace to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have shearers. Now your shepherds have been with us, and we have not insulted them. Nor have they missed anything all the days that they were in Karma. So we know that David and his men were in the same vicinity as Nabal, sheep, and his camels, or his, his goats, and all his goods there. And David didn't allow anybody to touch the man's stuff. He didn't touch his stuff. He didn't go rob uh, and take sheep or anything. He didn't do that. He was looking out for the man's stuff. So he says, Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we have come on a festive day. Please give whatever you find in your hand to your servants and to your son David. When David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all these words of David's name, and they waited. But Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants today who are each breaking away from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have slaughtered for my shears and give it to men whose origin I do not know? He's asking a question. So David's young men retraced their way, went back, and they came and told him according to all these words. David said to his men, each of you gird on your sword. So each man girded on his sword. David also girded on his sword. And he, and, and we had, he had about 400 uh, men. And they went up behind David while 200 stayed with the baggage. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master and scorn them. Yet the men were very good to us, and we were not insulted, nor did we miss anything as long as we went about with them while we were in the fields. They were a wall to us both by night and by day. All the time we were with them tending the sheep. Now, therefore, know and consider what you should do. For evil is plotted against our master and against all his household. And he is such a worthless man that no one can speak to him. And you see, <laughs> this, is, this is a man's servant. And you, you've seen people, you say, man, nobody can tell him anything. Yeah. Well, that's how Nabal was. It came about as she was riding. No, verse 18. Then Ab Abigail hurried and took 200 loaves of bread, two jugs of wine, five sheep already prepared, and five measures of roasted grain, 
and a hundred clusters of raisins and two hundred cakes of figs and loaded them on the donkeys. And she said to her young men, go before me. Behold, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. Why didn't she tell her husband? Because you know he's a what? Yeah, he's hardy. He's, he's not going to listen to her. He's going to tell her not to go and everything. But see, she had intelligence, didn't she? Women have intelligence, don't they? And she knew that if I don't stand in the gap, if I don't intercede, if I don't do something, David and his men are going to come, and he's going to kill everybody, and he's going to take everything. So I must do something. It came about as she was riding on her donkey and coming down by the hidden part of the mountain that, behold, David and his men were coming down toward her, and she met them. Now David has said, Surely in vain have I guarded all that this man has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missing and all that belonged to him, and he has returned me evil for good. Don't ever return anybody evil for good. If anybody's doing you good, make sure you do them good. Don't, don't do evil for good. Verse 22. May God do so to the enemies of David, and more also, if by morning I leave as much as one male of any who belong to him. So what was David going to do? He's going to kill all the males, every single person. So what was that going to leave? Only the females. And the females are going to have to tend the sheep. They're going to have to do everything because they wouldn't have any men. And, and pretty much David's going to take the sheep. <laughs> you know, if you don't give them something, I'll take it all. So David's going to, going to wipe them all out. It's called bankruptcy real quick. That's what's <laughs> going to happen, you know. Now, verse 23. When Abigail saw David, she hurried and dismounted from her donkey and fell on her face before David and bowed herself to the ground. How did she approach David? In humility. Mm -hmm. She fell at his feet and said, On me alone, my Lord, be to blame. Please let your hands, me your maidservant, speak to you and listen to the words of your maidservant. She didn't say, My husband... He's a hard head. You know, his name is Nabal. I mean, his name means foolish. I mean, you, you, what, what can you expect from him? See, she didn't do that, did she? She didn't run her husband down <laughs> at that point. She didn't do that. She, how many people would, would have that type of intelligence to say, it's, it's, it's me alone who sinned against you. Let everything fall on me. See, it's humility. See, and of course, David knew it wasn't her. But he knew also, here's this woman interceding for her household. Interceding for, you know, everything that, that, that her husband did wrong. She's interceding, standing in the gap, protecting her husband, her, all, all that, she, that he has. Here's this woman's doing that. Wow. You know, God says, I believe that mothers should have faith for answered prayers. Mothers should have faith for standing in the gap between whatever is yours and whatever evil may going to come against yours. I believe mothers have that 
that, that, that in them to do that. And we'll talk a little bit more about it a little bit later. Verse 25. Please do not let my Lord pay attention to this worthless man, Nabal, as, for as his name is, so is he. What does Nabal mean? <laughs> Nabal is his name. Father is with him. So, they, of course, they, people have names that mean things, and his name means worthless. Okay. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has restrained you from shedding blood and from avenging yourself by your own hand, now then, let your enemies and those who seek evil against my Lord be as Nabal. Now let this gift which your maidservant has brought to my Lord be given to the young men who accompany my Lord. Please forgive the transgression of your maidservant. She's still taking the blame. And that's what ancestors do. And so Moses did. Lord, <clears throat> don't blot that name out. Blot my name out. How many people are going to say that? <laughs> See, in the Cessors, that's what they do. For the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house, because my Lord is fighting the battles of the Lord. And evil shall not be found in you all your days. Should anyone rise up to pursue you and seek your life, then the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies... He will sling out from, as from a hollow of a sling. And it shall come about when the Lord shall do for my Lord, according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you. He's talking about David. And shall appoint you ruler over Israel. And this, that this will not cause grief or a troubled heart to my Lord. Both by having shed blood without cause, and by my Lord having avenged himself. Two things. When the, when the Lord shall deal with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to me, and blessed be your discernment. Oh, David says she had what? Discernment. She's intelligent. She had discernment. I believe women have discernment. What do you say, women? Oh, yes, they do. Oh, yeah. And blessed be you who have kept me this day from bloodshed and from avenging myself by my own hand. Nevertheless, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has restrained me from harming you, unless you had come quickly to meet me, surely there would not have been left to Nabal until the morning light as much as one male. So David received from her hand what she had brought him and said to him, Go up to your own house in peace. See, I have listened to you and granted your request. Isn't it? Isn't it awesome? That's called intercession. That's called intercession. I believe that mothers should have faith for answer prayers. 
That's the Old Testament, right? That's the Old Testament. <clears throat> now, what about the New Testament? Does God, why should women have faith? Why should mothers have faith for answered prayers? I'm trying to encourage you, mothers. I'm trying to encourage you, women. I'm trying to encourage you, fathers. I'm trying to encourage you, teenagers. I'm trying to encourage you, singles, that we need to encourage our mothers, give our mothers opportunity to labor before God for answered prayers because God answers, answers prayer. He does answer prayer. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 15. Let's go to New Testament. In Matthew 15, we're going to be going to two different places. If you have your Bible, you can have Matthew 15. We start in verse 21. You can also have Mark 7. And we'll start in 24 there. And we're going to go back and forth because it's the same account. And it'll be that way on the screen. We're going to go back and forth. So stick with me, PowerPoint. We're going to go back and forth a little bit here. Let's start in verse 21 of Matthew. Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sodom. And a Canaanite woman from the region came out. And began to crowd, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. What is she doing? She's in the seat. For who? Her daughter. Mothers today, you are a mother because you have children or a child. And I believe that God wants mothers to know that He has a special place for you, and he wants to encourage you today that you can intercede for yours. You can stand in the gap for yours, and he will answer prayer. I believe that. I believe that. But he did not answer her a word. And the disciples came and implored him, saying, send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. We know what kind of compassion they have. <laughs> you know, Holy Spirit hadn't come yet at the day of Pentecost, so they, you know, they kind of, and then they, they just, in the flesh. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him. What's her position? Humility. What was Abigail's position when she approached David when she was going to intercede for her household? Humility. Humility. Now, uh, prayer is not a position. Let me say that. Prayer is not a position. You you don't have to uh, be on your knees to pray. You don't have to be... uh, Standing to pray, you can sit, pray, you can walk, pray, you can lie down and pray, you can process, you can kneel and pray, you can do anything you want. But it's the, it's the mental attitude that God is looking for. Is it an attitude of humility? That's what He's looking for. Humility. And of course, if you face the Lord Jesus Christ, you're gonna bow down because that's the way it is. Everything I've seen. In the Bible, when, we use, when somebody sees Jesus, they, they bow down. 
especially you read Revelation, man, oh my goodness gracious, they bow down because he is so holy. Now, let's go over to, hold your place right there. Let's go to Mark. And we're going to be in chapter 7, verse 24. Let's start there. We're going to turn right back to Matthew in a minute now. We're going to read the same account. Jesus got up and went away from there to the region of Tyre. And when he had entered the house, a house, he wanted no one to know of it, yet he could not escape notice. But after hearing of him, that's important. That's why there's a couple of things in each one that's, that's a little different from the other one, uh, but it adds to it that's very important. But after hearing of him, how did this South Phoenician Canaanite woman know to come to Jesus to implore him about her demon-possessed daughter? She heard about Jesus. Somebody needs to be talking about Jesus to people. About his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his acts, his ways. Because if you talk about it, somebody's going to hear about it. And you don't know when that somebody who's hearing about it has a problem that will come to Jesus by night. Nobody knows. They might be like Nicodemus. They might come by night to the Lord. So it's important for us to, to uh, use the opportunities that the Holy Spirit gives us to tell somebody about the goodness of God. Jesus Christ. You know, people tell you their problems. Hey, I, ha- I know somebody who has, who, who has an answer for that. Jesus. Jesus, he, 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 he died for your sins. He rose again for your justification. Jesus Christ, you don't have to... Or you don't have to be separated from God in the long Jesus will heal you. Jesus will set you free. He will deliver you. He will save you. When you start talking about Jesus, because we'll talk about a good restaurant. Come on. We will. Man, have you been to this place in Charlottesville that we call the Wood Grill, man? Oh, man, it's, just, it's like, it's, it's like uh, Golden Corral, but... A hundred times better. Oh man, they got man. You can eat. You can eat car meat, man. You can eat this, man. You can eat that. Man. When you leave, the, when you leave there, they had to roll you out on a wheelbarrow. <laughs> All for five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and when you go to Charlottesville, and they say, hey, hey where you want to eat? Hey, let's try that 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 that, that, that restaurant there. Tell us about wood grill. Come on now, you know you know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you're so holy. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> A woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of the Syrophoenician race. Now, now that tells us there that she was not an Israelite. She was not from Abraham's seed, per se, she was not of, of Israel, so therefore, uh, she was like a Gentile. She was, we will say she was unsaved, not yet saved. That's what we will say. Nowadays, she's not, they're, they're unsaved. This should give you 
This should give you, mothers, so much ammunition. Because sometimes we have children that are not saved, right? Sometimes you have a friend that's not saved at work or wherever you might see in the library or wherever you go. Maybe you volunteer in schools or whatever the situation may be. You see somebody, they have a, they have a need, but you know they're not saved. We're reluctant to tell them, hey, you just go before Jesus. And you just crowd to Jesus. And he will answer your prayer. He will heal you. He will deliver you. We don't want to say that because we, we, sometimes we think, well, she, he probably won't do that because she's a... Um, she's unsaved, you know, he's unsaved, and, and he probably won't answer her, their prayers because they're in sin anyway. You know how we get. And that's not true, according to this word right here, this New Testament. Let's go back to Matthew. We're in verse 26 of Matthew. And he answered and said, now he's answering to her now, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Ooh, man, I know, I know that, that, that must have hit hard to call a woman a dog. Isn't that right? Come on. Who wants to be called a dog? No man wants to be called a dog. But, you know, a dog was not, not like the dogs that we have. Uh, Linda's not like your dogs. The dogs, are, that means dogs are... They were like dogs, you know. <laughs> they were no pets. <laughs> they were they were roaming around eating eating stuff, you know. They they eat up Jezebel's, you know. Her, her whole body didn't leave nothing but the palms of her hands and stuff. Yeah, I mean, these dogs, these dogs, man, these dogs. So <laughs> so I can't throw it to the dogs. And most of most of us say, what would we probably say later? Like, what would you know? I don't know how y'all do that. Y'all might throw your head up and put your hand and do all this motion and stuff like that and, and walk away from Jesus. Right? Come on. Get an attitude. Get an attitude. He's trying to tell us something here. He's trying to tell mothers here some things here. I don't care what your position is. I don't care what race you're from. It doesn't really matter. I'm not looking at that. Yes, I came for the house of Israel. Yes, I'm looking for my covenant people. Yes, but I'm looking for something else greater than that. Listen to what he says. Then she said, verse 27, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. What does that mean? Agreeing. She's agreeing. Yes, Lord. I understand. I understand. I'm a dog. Yes, all right. That's okay. Yes, Lord. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Is that right? In the natural, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Let somebody drop something. You know, the dog eat it. The cat might not, but the dog eat it. <laughs> and they eat it. Let's turn back to Mark 7. Verse 27. And he, he was saying to her, Let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. So we have the same thing here. 
But she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord. But even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. So now she's, this account is saying, the children, children are going to always drop stuff. I mean, they're they going to drop stuff. You can forget it. If you think you're going to have a clean floor and you've got a bunch of children, you know, they're they going to drop stuff. And she knew that. And she'll say, I, I, I understand that you came for the, for the children of Israel, but, but, but even just, just the crumbs that the children drop, uh, the, the dogs can just feed on that. Lord, Lord, my goodness gracious, this woman. Whew. <laughs> Let's go back to Matthew 15, 28. Last verse there that I want to hit. Then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. Your, and your daughter, and her daughter was healed at once. You know how many times you see great faith in the Bible? Other than this one, two times. Those two times were the same incident, but just different books of the Bible. The Gospels. You remember the centurion? He told the centurion that he hadn't seen such great faith in all of Israel. That's in two different books. That's the only other place it's in there. Only other place. He said, this woman... Your faith is great. And he said to people before, oh, you have little faith. He said before, uh, do you still not have any faith? And King James said, you know, how did you still have no faith? We know that Abraham uh, was one that grew strong in faith. We knew that from Romans chapter 4. We know that in Acts, the, the ones who they... Uh, chose to feed the Grecian women, we know that widows, we know that they were full of faith. We know that. Uh, we know that in, in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we know that uh, he said you can have all faith to remove mountains, but you don't have love. It profits you nothing. So you, you can have all faith. You can have growing in faith. You can have, you know, um, full of faith. But he only said great faith two other times. I said, mothers, God is telling you that he's looking for great faith. He will answer any prayer if you have great faith. Any prayer. You say, well, well he, he might not answer this prayer for my, my aunt, my, my husband. You don't know my husband, you know. Is anything too hard for the Lord? <laughs> I'm telling you, great faith. Let's look at it. Let's look at it in in in, um, in Mark chapter seven, verse twenty-nine, in which she said, uh, she answered and said, 
Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. Let's see what he says here. Verse 29. And he said to her, because of this answer, not some other answer, because of this answer, go, the demon has gone out of your daughter. What does that tell us? See, she answered something, right? She didn't answer with an attitude. She just said, I understand, Lord, I understand, but, you know, even, even the, the, the dogs, they, they will feed on the, on the crumbs that the children drop, Lord. So she was imploring him for her daughter, she won't gonna let go. I mean, I can go to so many places where uh, people just didn't let go. And I believe that that's what God wants for us, for our, our mothers not to let go, to grab on. You know how, how Jacob, what did he do? Wrestled with who? The angel who was the Lord, and, and he wouldn't let go. He wouldn't let go. <laughs> the woman who, 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 uh, who her son had died, uh, she went to the, to the prophet uh, um, I believe it was Elisha, and, and, and told him, hey, look, you know, he said, hey, hey ask the lady what, 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 what she need. And, and the Lord didn't show it to him. And he said, hey, you go lay, lay, lay my staff on the, on, 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 on the child. And she said, I'm not going to let go of you. I'm not going to let go of you until you come. And he came and raised the son. Mothers, God answers great faith prayers. He answers great faith prayers. Whew, my goodness gracious. Uh, let, me, let me give you uh, one other case here. Uh, now, we, we know what God did in the Old Testament. We know what he did in the New Testament. What has God said? What has God said? That's the third thing. What has God said? So I said we're going to talk about five things now. Reasons why mothers should have faith for answered prayers. One was because of what he did in the Old Testament, First Samuel, we have a girl. What he did in the New Testament for the Syrophoenician woman. What he said now is the third thing. So what he said, and let's just go to, to uh, one of them in, in Mark 11. Let's go to Mark 11, verse 22. Let's go there. And there we find a situation where he says, Jesus answered, saying to them, have faith in God. Can, can we continue to have faith? Because that, that, this is in the present tense. It means to continue to have faith in, in God. Continue. Continue. Don't let, don't, don't let circumstances get in the way. Continue. 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 Every day, have faith in God. When it looks like God not doing anything, when it looks like he's not answering your prayers, mothers, he, continue, continue to have faith in God. He said, truly, I say to you, in verse 23, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Why would somebody doubt in their heart? Because they don't believe. The circumstances is greater than the, than, than the, the problem is greater than, than the solution. The solution is God. But our problem is, is, is greater. We see our problem is greater than, than our solution. And God says, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to doubt in your heart. But I want you to believe that what you say 
is going to happen. It will be. It didn't say he might. He said he will, it will be granted to him. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask and continue to ask, keep continue to believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. That's what he said. Mothers, you can have faithful answer prayers. I don't care how bad the situation is. You can have faithful answer prayers because of what God has said. Now, another reason, there's three reasons. First reason, because of what he did in the Old Testament. What he did in the New Testament, number two. Number three, what he said, and he said other things, of course. This is the confidence that I have in you. That you have me that whatever you ask, you know, you receive. You, you remember that? That's, 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 that's a scripture, too. Uh, I mean, it's so many scriptures on prayer. Okay, so I, mean, I just hit that one. Fourth one, because how he made mothers. Do you know that, that you are fearfully and wonderful made mothers? He made you for intercession. You say, What? That's not in the Bible. I'm telling you, he made you for intercession. You can look at all. He said, he said, because of the hardness of their hearts, they wouldn't believe. I turned them over to, you know, unclean spirits and all that kind of stuff. Talking in Romans 1. A lot of times, he said, that's what is clearly seen in creation that you don't even believe. You don't believe it. So I'm saying to you that all of creation... All of creation speaks of motherhood. Because you tell me what is not about one animal that's like that. I think it's an ostrich or something. It'll bury eggs in the sand lightly and, and go away and let something trample on it because God didn't give, give ostrich much sense. But, um, and that's, I mean, that's what the scripture said. But most animals, you try, just try to take a child from you know, a cub or whatever, it's baby. Try to take an animal's baby. Try to it. Just try and see what happens to you. You come away with no arm, no leg, no nose, you know. It's, man, I don't care what it is, it's going to ray up on his hind legs and it's going to attack. Have you ever seen a groundhog ray up on his hind leg? It will attack. It, anything God could, it will attack if you, if you threaten it. And you threaten that child, and you got trouble on your hands. Am I right, mothers? Now, fathers, we might say, well, they made the bed. Let them sleep in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> See, but he made mothers different. He made women different. That's why I said I'm speaking to, to the teenagers, to the young adults. I'm speaking to everybody. He made you different. He made you with protective instincts. See, so like, like in Romans, uh, not Romans, but Ephesians 6, uh, starting in 10 and going on, we know that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rules of doctrines, against the spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, right? So what do women do? They go into warfare for their children, for their mates, for their household, for what's theirs. They're going to fight. They're going to fight. Right? Come on. 
Men, sometimes we're watching the game, right? We're watching the game because, you know, the NBA stuff is on now. Watching the game. Ooh, look at that, Minerva. Look at that, Minerva. She said, I don't have time. I'm praying. <laughs> you know what I mean, right, man? Right? I mean, we, we got other things that we might be doing. But see, women, this is on their mind. It's on their mind, their households, and the things that's happening with their children. It's on their minds. And I'm saying that God made women special. That's number four. Number five is, number one was what? What he said in, what he did in the Old Testament. Number two, what he did in the New Testament. Number three, what he said, right? And then number four, is how he made mothers. And number five would be that if you don't, who will? That's number five. If you don't, mothers, who will? You can ask yourself that. You said, well, my husband, he's the head of the household. He'll do it. Then wait on it then. Wait on it. I'm telling you that that man is about his job. And when he gets home, he's tired. He's ready to kick his feet, eat something. And once you eat, you get sleeping. You know? <laughs> Come on now, I'm serious. And women say, well, I work too. I have to come home and I have another job. I have to get them some food and all like that. And I have to get dishes. Then I have to, you know, help the children with the homework. I had to do all this, man. You know, I tell you, women, y'all are special. Special. Do you know if they paid you all for what you really do, just, just in the household, not on your regular job if you have a job, but just your household, you know, because you're supposed to go to Titus, you're supposed to be keeping it at home. So, so just pay somebody, if you would, like a nanny, to, hey, look, I got this child. Just birthed this child. I'm not interested in waking up 10, 2, and 4, feeding this thing. You do that. So you have somebody to do it. Do you think they're going to charge you any money? Absolutely. Because they got to sleep in to do it. They got to stay in the house to do it. Okay, now, how about fix all the meals? Have me some breakfast ready. You know, or fix my lunch. Fix my dinner. How much do you think it costs for a cook? Real time cook for a year. We're talking about for a year. How much for a chauffeur? Try to hire a chauffeur to drive your kids to here and there. Everywhere. <laughs> How about a tutor? To tutor them, because mothers have to make sure the homework is done, get down with them and, and try, to, try to do all this, help them with the projects, right? Come on. <laughs> My goodness gracious. Mothers are awesome. I'm telling you, they're awesome. Mothers are very special. I'm going to play a video for you that just says something about mothers. And we're, going, we're closing the service with three things. We're going to have the, and all this is geared to our mothers. Okay? So we're going to 